What we're gonna do right here is go back. Way back, back into time. Welcome to another episode from the WDW Radio Archives. I am Lou Mangello, and this is show number 714. And this and each week, I'm gonna select an evergreen episode from the archives to share with you that maybe you've never heard before, or maybe it's not one that you've heard in a long time. From interviews to top tens, reviews, guides, Wayback Machines, and more, they're a great way to visit or revisit some of our favorite episodes, including ones that you've suggested I share from the vault. And rather than me upload the episode in its entirety, I'll take out the relevant segment and cut out the intro and outro and contests and sometimes the out-of-date news and rumors. If you want to hear the full episode, I'll let you know the original show number so you can always go back into your podcast player or feed and listen to the full episode. I hope you enjoy this new, old edition to your feed and some of the favorites that you may have missed or never heard before. So I'm going to open up the archives again this week because I visited the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival earlier this week, and I love seeing old friends there, not just wandering and grazing the promenade with me, but old friends from Walt Disney World's past and present. And in recent years, we've seen this resurgence in nostalgia and sentiment for, example, our little purple friend with childlike innocence, Figment, as well as our favorite combination of fruit and fowl, the little orange bird. And in the past 50 years, we've seen some pretty interesting things in addition to the purple dragon and the orange bird in Walt Disney World. We've seen a water skiing goofy, gunfighters shooting it out in Frontierland, singing fruit in Kitchen Cabaret, a rapping Mickey Mouse, and a lot more. But until 2011, many people didn't know who the orange bird was, let alone remember seeing a character walking around in Adventureland with this giant orange head, not just orange in color, but a head shaped like an orange, leaves for arms, and a green stem sticking out of the top of his head. And it started with a slow release of retro merchandise in Magic Kingdom. And in 2012, the orange bird returned to the Sunshine Tree Terrace signage and some quirky little drink cups, as well as a new line of orange bird merchandise that started to appear on shelves. Also, an orange bird statue that was on display at the Sunshine Tree Terrace in the 1970s was brought back from the Walt Disney Imagineering Sculpture Studio in California and is now on display in his full orange glory. And that rekindled a sense of fond remembrance for our little orange friend, not just in me, but in a lot of other people as well. And now he's not only present in our memories, hearts, and Adventureland, but is a huge fixture at this year's festival in Epcot. He has inspired not just a huge line of merchandise, but even some food items as well. So I went back into the WDW Radio archives this week to 2011 and show number 250, where Jim Corcus and I took a look back in time at the Sunshine Tree Terrace and its one-time host and hostess. We explore the origins of the Orange Bird, the oh-so-very-catchy Sherman Brothers song, why the Orange Bird and Anita Bryant may have flown the coop, and the then-recent resurgence of our little orange friend. I also posed a question on the show for you to share your thoughts on as well, which you can still answer. But I also want to know now, do you remember seeing the original Little Orange Bird in Adventureland in the 70s? Did you ever get a photo with the walk-around character? Share your memories, your pictures, and your thoughts about this old 
and new unofficial mascot for the parks in the WW Radio Clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1 and share your story on the show. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode from the archives on the WW Radio Show. The timing of Walt Disney World's 40th anniversary on October 1st, 2011, coincided with the return of one of those original attractions, or at least a tribute to such. And today, I actually happen to be sitting in a nice, quiet, shady corner of Adventureland, not specifically to talk about the return of those specific tiki birds, but another little orange bird. There he goes, a a distant distant cousin. cousin. And I may be the little orange nerd, but a person who, uh, who like me, fondly remembers uh, that large orange-headed creature is, uh, is Jim Corcus. He is the author of The Vault of Walt. He's a frequent guest on the show. He's a Disney historian, expert, contributor to Celebrations Magazine, gentleman, scholar, um, and, and fan of the little orange swirl. And it's not going to get any better than that, so I better leave right now while I'm ahead. It's only downhill from here. And, uh, yes, we're outside the, uh, what was the Sunshine uh, uh, Tree Terrace uh, out here, the uh, official home uh, for the orange bird. And we're going to talk a little bit today about the history of the orange bird and uh, the fact that uh, he's recently been uh, reintroduced in a uh, a limited uh, way. We were hoping to see even more of him for the uh, 40th anniversary, but uh, I'm thankful that uh, he's still around after all of this time. So, thank- I, I, yeah, I think yeah. uh, I think if a, if a couple of years ago I would have talked about the little orange bird and Anita Bryant, those probably would have been two names that most of the audience may not have rec- remembered because of back in the 70s they were very popular here in Florida and very popular around. Uh, but for a long time uh, had been out of the parks and certainly uh, sort of off the radar until recently. And again, sort of tying into the return of the Enchanted Tiki Room next door, I thought it would be a, a fun time to talk about because this all sort of ties in together, this whole Sunshine Pavilion and its connection to the Florida citrus growers that doesn't really start on October 1st, 1971, but really like four years earlier. Uh, ab- absolutely. You know, um there was a great deal of excitement about uh, the Disney company coming uh, uh, to Florida. The expectations, of course, was there was going to be a, a Disneyland East out here, and everybody knew how popular uh, Disneyland, but uh, very few people uh, east of the Mississippi ever got around to visiting Disneyland. Um, so this seemed to be a, a perfect uh, market uh, for new customers for a variety of uh, uh, different uh, companies and corporations. One of those was the uh, Florida Citrus Growers, and they approached the Disney Company as early as 1967, as as Lou was uh, alluding to, which is really pretty early in the game. And by 1969, had officially signed off on the uh, uh, contract to sponsor a um, three million dollar pavilion uh, right here in uh, Adventureland. And certainly, the idea of having sponsors 
for the park is not something that started and wasn't new to Walt Disney World. That's how Disneyland got built. So you say, well, where do Florida citrus growers come into Disney World? That's part of how these uh, of how these parks got built. Well, and and actually, uh, something that uh, some listeners may not be aware of is that the oldest surviving Disney Disney licensee is Florida Orange Juice. Uh, out at uh, Lake Wales, uh, that's where they produced Donald Duck orange juice. And what Donald Duck has to do with orange juice is beyond me, other than the fact that it, it sold in 1941 and it continues to sell today. And, um, in fact, it's been a long time since I've been out there, but at one time in the building, they actually had a statue of Donald Duck uh, uh, in there. So Florida orange juice and Disney... Uh, had had a long relationship even before 1969. Now, in 1970, uh, working with the Disney uh, Company, uh, the Florida citrus growers uh, developed uh, their own uh, character, uh, the little orange bird. And the design came uh, from C. Robert Moore, uh, better known as uh, uh, Bob Moore. He's a Disney legend, by the way, but one of those Disney legends that a lot of people don't know about because... uh, uh, Moore was basically uh, a department to himself. Uh, from 1951 for uh, about 30 years, he was just a department of one and did an awful lot of uh, uh, promotional artwork and special artwork. He did the uh, the murals at the um, elementary school, Walt Disney Elementary School in Marceline, Missouri. Uh, he designed the uh, mascot for the 1984 uh, uh, Olympics, Sam the Eagle. Um, you know, uh, he, w- he was one of the uh, few artists who were authorized uh, to sign uh, Walt Disney's signature while Walt Disney was uh, alive. In the 30s and 40s, that was Hank Porter who was doing all of that. But starting in 1951, that was Bob Moore. So he came up with that design of the, the big-headed uh, orange bird. And uh, instead of feathers, the green leaves and all of that. The, the storyline came from um, Vince Jeffords, who... Uh, was in Disney marketing, responsible for a lot of toys and uh, promotions. He eventually wrote like about a dozen uh, Disney uh, uh, children-related books, and uh, he's the one who came up with the uh, original story. Do you remember the story, Lou? I remember it, and it's funny because we talk about the stories of the parks and the stories of the attractions, and sometimes you can piece them together by things that you see or little details. This storyline was so far removed from this little orange juice stand here in Adventureland because I remembered being very convoluted about this bird. The orange bird obviously couldn't speak. And he, was, he was sort of ridiculed by his other little, you know, bully friends, the birds. Uh, the only way he could communicate was by sort of uh, his thoughts would come out in sort of a little orange puff of smoke. Um, but the storyline beyond that as to how he actually came to Florida was something you never would have been able to piece together by looking at the pavilion, going to the tiki room, or probably talking to any cast member here. Uh, you're absolutely <laughs> correct, and and yes, and you've you've got the the basics there of yes, an orange bird can't talk, can't sing, and so again has no friends, can only uh, communicate through orange puffs of smoke, uh, very much like thought balloons that you'd find in a comic strip uh, uh, character. But but again, these things that he thought were were very uh, three-dimensional as well, too, so very uh, uh, realistic. And the storyline is is uh, birds were migrating south, and uh, since nobody liked the orange bird, nobody wanted to migrate with, with him, and uh, 
uh, a later re uh, revision was that uh, they felt that he didn't even uh, uh, get enough rest or have enough uh, good nutrition and all of that, so he wouldn't uh, survive the journey. Well, he did. He went. He went on his own. He had a bunch of uh, misadventures. At one time, he he thought he had seen a birdhouse with another orange bird in it, and as he flew to it, turned out to be a traffic light. Eventually, he uh, comes across a family, a mother, a father, and a son and a daughter having a picnic, and he comes down and uh, instantly falls in love with them. But at the end of the picnic, the father goes, you know, we've got a long drive home. We've already got too many pets at, at home. We don't need another one. And I'm worried, too, about, you know, him constantly thinking and filling up the inside of the car with orange smoke. Uh, what was this father thinking? I don't know. Um, so uh, they leave the orange bird there. He's heartbroken, but he decides to fly high in the sky, follow the car, and from his high vantage point, he sees that just around this curve, a bridge has been washed out, and he knows that the father is not going to be able to see it in time uh, to stop. So the orange bird uh, flies down, creates this huge, out of his thoughts, this huge orange stop sign. The father stops in time, the family is saved, and they take the little orange bird uh, uh, home. And that's the official story, although... Um, there was also a song. Mm -hmm. So the Sherman Brothers, talk about heavy hitters. You bring in the Sherman Brothers uh, to create a uh, official song uh, for, the, uh, for the Orange Bird. And in fact, uh, uh, in the beginning at Walt Disney World, they sometimes had a little 45 of that that they gave away free, which, which was uh, very cool. Now, in 68, uh, the Florida Citrus Growers also hired um, Anita Bryant, as their uh, spokesperson because again the orange bird's not going to be able to talk you need somebody who says you know a day without florida sunshine uh, 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 florida orange juice is a day without sunshine is a day without sun see we're I showing our age because we know <laughs> and like we remember anita bryant that's that's right and uh, in fact anita bryant is still alive um and a lot of people forget how popular she was she was a uh, a former miss america contestant never a miss america but a former miss america contestant but she was a very popular singer, had a lot of hits in the uh, top 40, including uh, Paper Roses, which was later covered uh, 13 years later by uh, Marie Osmond. And so she came on board, and she had a, a family, and Anita Bryant was, was perky and clean. And, she was and the all-American all housewife. The all-American housewife. And uh, so she did these commercials, and oftentimes with an animated little orange bird, the orange bird apparently lived in in her house. At at, at one point, there was a little orange bird uh, box. So when she was waking up her kids in the morning, she opens up the box, and here's the orange. No holes for the orange bird to breathe, but that's okay. Uh, and and I guess not enough orange smoke to choke him to death. But uh, anyway, so she sang the uh, the the song, and and uh, the song was reasonably. Um, popular and uh, so by golly things were were going along uh, uh, pretty uh, uh, smoothly there little orange bird little orange bird in the sunshine tree in the sunshine tree won't you think something sunny just for me think funny thoughts think funny I remember, too, because you, you, we sort of alluded to, obviously, this song and this character, Anita Bryant, weren't confined to the Sunshine Pavilion. They were on TV. 
They were on billboards. They were at, I remember we always drove to Florida because unless my mother could actually fly the plane, she wasn't going to fly. We would drive to Florida and stop at the roadside places and the visitor centers. And that's where I remember seeing the Orange Bird and getting a, the, the 45 album was at some of those places. Mm-hmm. I still actually have. I have my Orange Bird 45. I have my Orange Bird album, too, because they released a two-side yes. album. Yes. Uh, yes, there was. And I didn't get out of the house very much. <laughs> and there were Orange Bird uh, plastic mm-hmm. banks and, and bobbleheads and uh, everything you can imagine. See, I, I didn't come to Florida. I was a, a California boy, so I would go to... Um, uh, Disney Anna conventions, you know, run by the Mouse Club and the NFFC, and I'd run across this merchandise, and on the bottom it was uh, stamped, you know, Disney, and I'm thinking, who is this character? What? Is-? I have no clue, and uh, it was all reasonably inexpensive because nobody knew. So yeah, I got a, a little Orange Bird bank and uh, salt and pepper shakers and just about uh, anything uh, uh, you could uh, could imagine. Well, and and so two things to, to point out there is. Number one, um, Disney sort of, and I can't think of any other example, Jim, of another time that Disney creates a, ca- a special character specifically for one of the Disney theme parks. They do it later on, where they do it, you know, with, with the creation of somebody like Figment, but they had never sort of done this before, sort of creating a character for a sponsor for the theme parks. And then, two, we, I, I don't want to sort of uh, presume that everybody in the audience knows who or what the Orange Bird actually looked like because it didn't look like a traditional bird that happened to be orange it was a giant orange head with a little bird leafy body <laughs> and, and, and not just an orange color head an actual orange, fruit right. orange uh, <laughs> for that but but Disney had always been in the uh, uh, business of creating uh, 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 characters uh, for other uh, places for in, in California uh, up in uh, Sacramento there's a newspaper called the Sacramento Bee and Disney created the, the bee for that uh, they created Tommy Mohawk for Mohawk uh, Carpets and uh, Fresh Up Freddy for 7-Up and um, uh, Bucky uh, a Beaver for Ipana Toothpaste brusha 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 that, and that's the voice of Jimmy Dodd sped up so the next time you listen to one of those uh, commercials on YouTube or whatever listen that's Jimmy Dodd sped up doing Bucky Beaver. But never never one specifically for, that would create like specifically for Disneyland. Uh, no, the closest was in 1955 when Disneyland opened, they created Andy Anaheim for the city of Anaheim. And uh, Andy Anaheim is still used to this day. And again, another big-headed uh, uh, character because I guess those things uh, uh, were considered cute. So so yes, this, this was a first because... There's always been um, that conflict of, is this a Disney character? Is this a Florida citrus growers character? As I said, I picked up merchandise, and it was clearly it was clearly stamped, you know, uh, copyright Disney. Right. You know, and, and yet if the Florida citrus growers had paid for this, shouldn't it be copyright FCC or, <laughs> uh, or FCG, I guess? So uh, um, for that, and uh, so the uh, Sunshine... Uh, Tree Terrace, which was uh, when you exited the Tropical Serenade, which was the Enchanted Tiki Room, uh, you, you had the uh, Sunshine Tree Terrace, which uh, sold things like Orange Swirl, which they don't today, apparently, we, we see over here. And um, they serve lattes and raspberry <laughs> lemonade slushes, but where are the orange stuff? I, okay. so uh, I remember, yes. and this may be one of those, those yeah. you know, false reconstructed memories. 
that when you, and this was one of the places that when if you ordered an orange juice, it came in a container that was a plastic orange. If you ordered grape juice, it came in a bunch of grape. It's one of my uh, holy grails of collectibles. Because no, nobody ever kept those, but that's one of the things I remember as a kid, getting orange juice in an actual orange with a straw in it. And, and also the straw was done up like a stem, and at the top of the orange you had the uh, green plastic leaves. So, yeah, it, very cool. I would agree, very, very cool. Again, not my experience because I, I was not out in uh, uh, Florida or uh, 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 visiting uh, at, uh, at that time. So missed all of that except in, in uh, retrospect. And uh, one of the other things, and we were looking today for the placement of that, was they had a little uh, three-dimensional orange bird, and behind him was a... Uh, a screen, a TV monitor screen that that showed what he was thinking, which was basically think orange or buy orange swirl or uh, uh, all of that. And in addition to that, uh, starting in 1971, there was a walk around orange bird character uh, in uh, uh, what is known uh, primarily as a, uh, uh, a pajama suit. Some of you may remember uh, your footy p- pajamas and, and all of that. Uh, that's how, that's how you refer to a costume where, uh, even though there's uh, you know some extra space and all that, basically it, it follows the contours of your own body as opposed to many of the Disney character costumes. We have the fur costumes at least, you know that that have a framework or whatever that creates a different uh, shape. And so, so he, if basically I wore it, I would look like a little orange pear as that's possible. Well, you're you're actually you're actually the size of the orange bird. So <laughs> you're life size, Lou Mangiello, the life size orange bird. Um, so uh, maybe one of your listeners out there will actually make you a costume. Oh, thank you for inviting. Or <laughs> or, uh, or or maybe they have a couple of those orange sippers out. Th- and I think there was only the orange sippers. There may have been other fruit, an apple or something like that. Somebody yeah. was saying. But I, I, I just remember orange sippers. And uh, so you'd have the walk-around character. And uh, so all was right with the world until... Yeah, he, he, the, the, yeah. he was almost like a, a visual Barker bird. Because he really, I remember him, and I have a picture of him, out in front of the Tiki Room, which at the time was the Tropical yeah. Serenade. Um, so he was sort of the, the quiet Barker bird that sort of was um, enticing people to come. Remember, Adventureland looked very different than it did now, this... this uh, the magic carpets wasn't here. It was sort of an open space with the tables and the benches. So I remember him standing out there, sort of bringing you over um, to the tiki room years before. Later on, we end up getting Artemis, and, yeah. and we'll talk about why the orange bird eventually <laughs> flies the coop, as it were. And that's true. And and yes, we we tend to forget that uh, the park looked much different in 1971. So, for instance, uh, the end of Adventureland dead ended. There was no Pirates of the Caribbean. There was no crossover to. Frontierland, you had to go all the way back out to you know uh, mosey your way around because there was nothing down there. So uh, so this was a, a, a huge uh, uh, hit. Enchanted Tiki Room, of course, a, a huge hit out in uh, uh, California. Really, the first use of uh, uh, audio animatronics in a in a Disney theme park, and and again, just as popular out here because it it, it was just such a funny, delightful mellow show written by Wally Bogue, one of my personal um, performing uh, heroes, best known uh, for Pecos Bill in the Golden Horseshoe Review, one of my favorite Disney shows of all time with uh, Wally Bogue in that. And um, you had the the uh, different uh, uh, parrots, you had uh, 
uh, Fulton Burley, who was also in the Golden Horseshoe Show. Uh, Fritz, done by Thurl Ravenscroft, that most people just know from the, the Haunted Mansion. So, so yes, this was a wonderful thing. And, and again, Disney tried to leverage the Orange Bird uh, elsewhere. So uh, in 1980, they made an educational film um, uh, about uh, food and nutrition starring the Orange Bird. And basically, it told uh, um, the, the story that uh, Vince Jeffords had, had wrote. The narrator for that was Rex Allen, one of my all-time favorites, the original father in uh, Carousel of Progress, known as the Arizona Cowboy. In fact, he only owned cowboy clothes and boots. So the very first time he met Walt Disney, he had to borrow a suit from a friend. And Walt's first remark was, gee, Rex, I didn't notice you since you were incognito here. <laughs> uh, and uh, June Foray, um, uh, voice actress, did that. Uh, the animation for this uh, this little 15-minute uh, uh, short, which again w- w- was done for schools. There were also film strips uh, doing the, the same thing. Uh, was done by a company called uh, Rick Reinert. Rick Reinert had been a former uh, Disney artist and had uh, started his own small little uh, uh, mom and pop animation studio, which a lot of uh, um, uh, Disney artists did, like uh, Dale Bear, who did a lot of work on uh, 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 Roger Rabbit, who framed uh, Roger Rabbit. So anyway, they had them do the Orange Bird uh, one, and it was a huge hit because it, it they had a minimum budget, but boy, they got their bang for their buck. Disney was so pleased that the next assignment they gave Rick Reinert Productions was Winnie the Pooh and the Day for Eeyore, which was the very first Disney theatrical cartoon that was outsourced from Disney Animation. And so, uh, although I take that back, back in the in the 40s, Mare Babies were done by uh, Harmon and Ising, uh, where Walt was uh, helping them out, where they were between jobs, between uh, Warner Brothers and MGM, but that was 1940, so here we are 40 years later, and Disney outsources all of its animation for a theatrical short to Rick Reiner Productions. They also came out with a comic book, uh, only one issue of uh, the Orange Bird and Three Adventures, and again they're all uh, nutrition. Like Orange Bird is trying to help on the farm, but because you know uh, he didn't have a, a healthy breakfast after he got up in the morning, he poops out halfway through the day. <laughs> so you give him a Florida orange juice, and that and that'll do it. Help uh, fight scurvy, drink yeah. Florida. <laughs> and uh, that was uh, drawn by uh, Tony Strobel, very great uh, uh, Disney artist, oftentimes overshadowed by folks like Carl Barks and Paul Murray and Floyd Godfordson, but a, a real good workmanship uh, uh, artist who uh, produced wonderful work for, for decades. So there was a lot of Orange Bird uh, stuff out there, and you thought, boy, Orange Bird, you know, people just love him. He's going to last forever. And we get to, uh, unfortunately, um, in, the, in the late 70s, uh, Anita Bryant becomes a figure of controversy. She has, uh, she has some... Um, uh, a personal philosophy uh, that uh, she voices uh, aggressively and adamantly, and by becoming that figure of uh, uh, controversy, uh, some people are so put off by that that they start boycotting Florida orange juice. And so by 79, uh, the Florida citrus growers uh, do not renew her contract. But by that time, she was so closely connected with the Orange Bird 
that the orange bird started to fade as well because whenever you saw the orange bird you immediately thought of Anita Bryant because you saw all the commercials, you saw the print ads, you saw uh, all of this. And so uh, initially the Florida uh, citrus growers had a a 10-year contract uh, from 71 to 81, and then they renewed for an additional five years, 86, and then at that time they they dropped their sponsorship, and, and the orange bird pretty much disappeared except for, as you already pointed out, uh, a lot of the roadside stands and citrus growers and all that uh, still kept producing um, orange bird merchandise uh, into the uh, uh, 90s, although less and less. And then a miracle happened to save the orange bird. Who do you think would have saved the orange bird? The Japanese. The Japanese, <laughs> of course. My gosh, uh, you know, I, I, I have yet to, to visit... Uh, uh, Tokyo Disneyland, really looking forward to doing that someday. And uh, Research Tokyo. trip. Me and you, like a buddy movie. Oh, that's Man, it. There you go. <laughs> uh, Tokyo Disney. Uh, Jim and Lou will tell you stories. But, uh, yeah, basically in 2004, the Japanese rediscovered the orange bird because it was uh, very much in keeping with uh, their great love of cuteness. You know, large head characters with large eyes. Uh, You'd be very popular in Tokyo. I'd be very popular out there. I'd be the Hello Kitty. I'd be the I'd be the American Hello Hello Kitty for there. Hello Hello Jimmy Jimmy for that. Yes. And uh, so they started producing some of their own uh, merchandise, and it just uh, took off. And in fact, in Japan, they even have a um, a Citrus Day. I think it's Mm. what April fourteenth or something like that. And. So that if you're a friend with someone, you exchange citrus. What that has to do with anything is is beyond me. But, you know, if you can come up with a, a Valentine's Day or whatever, you can come up with it. Any reason to exchange gifts that involve food is a good day for well, me. Well, I, I, think, I think that is a, a good thing, which, which brings to mind, you shared one of your favorite. One of my favorite memories growing up in California was they had a flavor at 31 Flavors that they have never brought back. It was called... Um, mandarin chocolate so it was a dark chocolate ice cream but it had citrus flavor oh my gosh it was good <laughs> but but again 31 flavors always rotated so and then it's gone now i'm i'm sure i could google it and find the recipe on on the internet there um so anyway um uh, after seeing the success of this uh just like seeing the success of duffy the bear mm-hmm. Uh, over stateside, Disney said, well, obviously this has an uh, appeal to uh, uh, people. We're going to bring it here. And so within the last, uh, oh, two, maybe three years, we've started to see a a variety of uh, uh, Orange Bird uh, merchandise, uh, uh, some shirts. There's a Vinylmation Orange Bird. Um, All of that. It's interesting here in Adventureland, they're not selling any Orange Bird stuff. I I, I think they, they do. But uh, I, I think both of us were hoping that uh, uh, he was going to pop up on October 1st there for the 40th, right? It, it's been an interesting over the last couple of years, like you said, because he sort of quietly became known again, especially to people who are very much interested in, in Disney world history. And maybe it's with the approach of the 40th or just that sense of nostalgia, the Tiki Room potentially coming back and looking for changes to that. The merchandise that was coming back was sort of people posting online, look at my little orange bird. I have a little orange bird, maybe mm-hmm. two-inch plastic thing that's been sitting on my desk for years. Other people say, oh, I have this orange bird album. I've got... And so this, this sort of grassroots revival of the orange bird comes back, and as we start approaching the 40th anniversary, Disney starts to acknowledge it, and the first time I really saw it 
and I have the shirt is at Destination D Walt Disney World the official t-shirt was white and the piping on the sleeves and the neck was the orange bird the writing was orange so me being the Optimist. little orange nerd that I am <laughs> said this is great I think the orange bird may be coming back there's this Disney seems to have this renewed sense of nostalgia maybe seeing what the what the enthusiasts online are interested in as the 40s started to approach they were having orange bird pins like you said orange bird vinylmation and so I said I'm, I feel it Jim I feel October 1st we're going to see that little orange bird in his pajama footy pajamas yeah. he's going to walk right down the middle of Main Street USA and we got nothing <laughs> I, I, I know and and it, it, and I think it's really t- and again there was been an awful lot of confusion too because as I, I said after you know uh, he, he sort of disappeared from uh, the Magic Kingdom uh, the Florida citrus growers still produced merchandise but oftentimes you'll find Florida orange uh, bird merchandise that just says Florida on it you know in, in, in big letters and all so there's that confusion of you know what is that all about but my gosh the character just like you Lou is lovable <laughs> is lovable is always optimistic, always wants to help, uh, you know, uh, other people. Some Obviously, at a loss for words sometimes, but, <laughs> but always thinking good orange thoughts. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to, uh, to see that. You know, what I'm surprised about, too, is like with the introduction of, of Duffy, I'm surprised they just brought out Duffy and they didn't come up with a Duffy TV series or a Duffy theatrical short or a Duffy TV special. You know, to, to tie that in, because I still run into um, uh, guests who are confused about Duffy and what, what movie is he from? Well, they, they, have, they have books, because my kids had, they had a book called, it was called The Disney Bear, and then he was sort of rebranded as Duffy, so they were able to make that connection from the stories. It was it was about, sort of about Mickey and his Disney bear in the Magic Kingdom and going to sleep, and then... When Duffy was brought over here from Japan, he was sort of given the, the, the name of Duffy. And going back to the first, you talk about confusion. I think that maybe would have been it, too. If you think about it, relatively speaking, Duffy, the little orange bird, wasn't around here a lot. He wasn't on Disney commercials. He was on Florida orange juice commercials. So if he was sort of to parade down Main Street, I think a vast majority of guests probably wouldn't have known. They wouldn't have made that connection that we as Mm-hmm. Disney geeks, and I mean that in a good way, know of the, the orange bird. I, I think you're absolutely right because, a, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I, I spent uh, uh, my youth growing up in uh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, California, Southern California area, and we were uh, clueless because, again, you weren't going to uh, promote Florida orange juice in California that was creating its own orange juice, for crying out loud. And... Um, Again, there, there, there was no, uh, in, in those days, you didn't have, you know, that access to the Internet and to all of these uh, Disney clubs and uh, blogs and, and wonderful podcasts like this. So, uh, again, no, no clue, no con- confusion. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, he, he, he's a delightful, uh, fun little character and uh, uh, ready to be um, re-looked at. You know, because uh, obviously when people see him, even though they don't know uh, the backstory, they may never have heard the Sherman Brothers song, whatever, 
there's just something about him that's sort of cute and, and appealing. And you go, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. And, and obviously, we've, we've touched a uh, nerve with you because every time I, I mention Orange Bird, I, I, I see your eyes light up with that orange, orange glint of, of pixie dust there of, of such fond, fond memories. And, and I don't think it was related just to your, your trips with your parents. It was the character itself seemed to be fun. Yeah, he was, and and he was unique, and he and, and like Figment, he was he was new, and and he was very specific to the park. So you associated him with Walt Disney World, and yes, I associated him with my trips down here with my parents. But I wonder now, in 2011 and, and 2012 going forward, um, you know, could the Orange Bird come back? Could he come back almost sort of be reintroduced to a new generation? Does that controversy from the late 70s? Does it still sort of cast a little bit of a cloud over the character because of his association with her for the generation that does remember that and does maybe sort of have um, strong feelings about that? Or has enough time passed and the distance has been uh, given that the orange bird can come back? The, the orange bird could rise again like the phoenix. Well, I, I, I think uh, it definitely could because I think there has been uh, enough uh, uh, distance, you know, um, uh, some of your your listeners are just uh, cute as a button, and and when when I'm hanging out with you, and they they come up and introduce themselves, and and I go, oh my, they're they're just so perky and all this. Turns out they were born in 1991. <laughs> you know, 1991. Give me a break. <laughs> you know, is my life already nostalgia and history? 1991. And and again, there's no um, recognition of anything before then really you know I, I run into an awful lot of uh, college uh, program uh, uh, age kids that uh, basically anything that happened uh, beyond five years ago that's it it's gone it's the same as mixing it in with the dinosaurs fighting the civil war is what they're concerned about there's nothing uh, uh, there and I, I think Anita Bryant has uh, fallen out of um, public view for so long as I said she's still alive she's still singing and you know, uh, more power to her there. Uh, she, she's had some uh, uh, rough speed bumps uh, uh, in, in her life, uh, you know, a, a, a divorce, a, a couple of other things. So, uh, you know, I, I, and I think some of the things that she battled uh, against so vehemently in this day and age are no longer a, a, a fight. You know, th- things that she argued against are, are now law in the, in the state of Florida. So it's like, you know, no sense holding any hard feelings about that. And I think at this particular point, Orange Bird has a separate identity from her. You know, I, I don't think uh, it, it's just old timers like you and I. Well, we remember, you know. And <laughs> Yeah, but I saw you smile genuinely when I talked about the Destination D shirt. You're like, wait a minute. Ma-. And so we wondered, like, as we walked through Adventureland, what if there was a little Orange Bird shirt, you know, over at Zanzibar or, you know, over here somewhere? Uh, if they sold little Orange Bird merchandise, you know, I think he has a nostalgic element for those that remember, and I think he's got a cute factor for those people who are going to be introduced to him. And and you know, one of the lots of things uh, break my heart. You know, I'm a sensitive guy. You know that. A lot of things break my heart. A couple of years ago, there was a special event out here in Florida called the uh, Hukilau, which celebrates tiki culture. And I only found out about this after the fact. This is what broke my heart. Is uh, uh, two of the speakers there were Kevin Kidney and uh, Jody Daly, who have done some wonderful 
uh, merchandise and, and I think really capture the, the spirit of Disney. Obviously have a, a great love of Disney. And they did a presentation on Disney tiki culture, including, according to the, the blurb, telling more stories about the orange bird than you have ever heard. And to this day, I regret that I didn't get to hear, you know, uh, uh, those stories there, and and I regret that Disney is, is just sort of tentatively dipping its toe in the water for for the Orange Bird. I think now is the time. Now is the best time. Well, there may be a great big beautiful tomorrow because <laughs> sorry, it was there. I had to take it because I think there's this, a lot of this next generation of Imagineers that seems to have an affinity. I, I see their tweets. I see their unofficial sketches that they post of. The little orange bird, mm-hmm. you know, riding Splash Mountain. The little orange bird on the TTA. The little orange bird around the park. So I think they would love to see it come back. And I bet you there's an internal push from some of these guys uh, to see it, especially in this sense of, of this nostalgic time that we have with Walt Disney World's 40th here. And and I, I agree with you. I, I think uh, uh, some of the Imagineers working for the company right now, some of the younger Imagineers really do have. Um, uh, that uh, respect and affection for uh, uh, the Disney company. I, I think people like uh, uh, Kim Irvine have done wonderful things in terms of revitalizing classic attractions, but keeping the spirit uh, of, uh, of Walt Disney uh, in those uh, revitalizations. I, I just hope we never see something like uh, Orange Bird uh, battling Figment, you know, in some <laughs> video game or something like that. You know, oh my gosh. Uh, I, I, I just can't even imagine uh, that. But orange and purple, that, that goes together. I think those are school colors of, of, of uh, some school. But uh, we're over, over here, and it took us uh, forever to get uh, uh, something to sit down and, and sip on while we were talking, right? This is still a very, very popular uh, location. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we even sort of peeked up uh, in the trees behind the counter to see if maybe the little orange bird might have been peeking his his, uh, his head out. But we will continue to look. We'll continue to look and see if the orange bird and listen to, to see if we can uh, see some of his little orange thoughts coming back. Uh, we'll also look to see more from you, Jim. Back on the show uh, in the future because I love having you on. I love, especially now that I'm here, mm-hmm. we can come to the parks more often and, and eat our way around and, and talk about some of these details and stories. Of course, you also contribute some amazing stuff to Celebrations Magazine. I say that as a fan, not a publisher. <laughs> and of course, you know that I sleep with the Vault of Walt right next to my bed um, because it is that good. And you tell the stories that nobody else can tell from such a personal uh, a personal angle because you've met these people, you've talked to these people, and you're able to sort of capture that. And uh, I will put a link to the Vault of Walt in this week's show notes. you got to come back. And remember, Jim, he's a little fluffy, puffy sight to see. He can turn your frown around. So when you see him looking down, you know that that is a little orange bird in a sunshine tree. Thank you again, my friend. Uh, my, my pleasure. And for those people who have lasted this long through the, the podcast, I know you're always looking for, uh, in fact, just as Lou and I sat down, we had a listener come by and say, oh, I just love all those little things. 
you guys share. So as a reward for those of you who listen through this entire podcast, when you come to the uh, Sunshine Tree Pavilion here, uh, those are the original tikis out there holding the uh, flame torches. And when you look on the roof, you'll see that there's a carved water buffalo. But it's carved in such a way because they knew you'd be able to see it over in Frontierland so that if you're on the Frontierland side, it looks like a longhorned uh, uh, cattle. So those are two little things. I thought when you said you're going to have a surprise for listeners, you were going to break out in song and take us out with a little orange bird. Go! Little orange bird in the sunshine tree, and I wish I knew the lyrics, but that, oh, little orange bird in the sunshine tree, won't you think of something sunny just for me? I can't even remember the the, the tune, and, and, and again, you know, I couldn't uh, uh, carry a tune even if it had a, a, a handle, but I, I appreciate that. Thank you again, Lou, for the option to share these stories and keep the stories alive. And thanks to all the listeners who, who do the same. And I'm looking forward to the next podcast we do together, Lou. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And I will, uh, and I will leave it with, uh, with a, not your rendition, but the original uh, Richard Sherman song, <laughs> Sherman Brothers song, and Anita Bryant. Jim, thanks again. Thank you. You're in orange smoke. That's what makes the orange bird unique. Little orange bird. Little orange bird. In the sunshine tree. In the sunshine tree. Won't you think of something sunny just for me? Think a funny thought. Think a funny thought. Or a sunny word. Or a sunny word. That will make me happy, little orange girl.